Welcome to Playful 2. I'm Solomon Dubner. And I'm Stephen Dubner. So, Dad, what is this weekend? This weekend is the beginning of April. Yeah. It's the beginning of spring and the beginning of golf season. I think I those are the most important. Sp- I thought it's already spring. Technically, it's spring, but it's starting to feel like spring. Okay. And those are the only things that I can think of that are Nothing important. Nothing else? Nothing. Oh, it's the beginning of your uh, recreational footy league, yeah. uh, Westside oh, Soccer Oh, isn't league. El Clasico this weekend? Oh, it is a Clasico this weekend, which is the twice, at least, twice a year. annual match between... Barcelona and Real Madrid. Correct. And we know which side of the fence you're on, but, because you're a big Barca fan, but because you also are a footy scholar, you try to approach it with something resembling analytical detachment. Analytical, yes. Emotional detachment, no. Okay. But I actually have some good notes that don't completely bash Real Madrid. You have some good notes that will yeah. help you completely, not completely dr- bash yeah. them? Oh, good. I look forward to uh, your yeah. fake objectivity. Thank you. You're welcome. So can you do a reset for people who uh, are listening who haven't been following La Liga that closely this season? Just do a reset. Where we are in the season, where Barca and Real are, and what this match represents. So there's about seven or eight La Liga matches left. Barcelona is nine points clear at the top over Atletico Madrid. Which means... so We've basically won the title. And Real is one back of of Atleti. So Real is just waiting for pride now. And they could, they're going to try on the chain. Well, you say that, but technically, literally, technically, mathematically, they they could still win the league as could Atleti, but it's unlikely. It's almost impossible. Okay, yeah. but given the way that Barca is playing, which is well, and what kind of season has Madrid had overall? They've had two managers already. They're they played fine. How are they doing the Copa del Rey this year? They got kicked out for an ineligible player. And how did they field an ineligible player to get disqualified from the Spanish Cup? I think their fax machine broke again after the <laughs> David De Gea transfer saga. Now, when you say their fax machine, what do you mean? What happened exactly? Do you know? Well, I don't. This time, I think it was just like a some kind of error where no one, where they for, he was on loan last year and he had a yellow card accumulation. Dennis, Dennis Cheryshev. And they forgot that he was suspended from the Copa del Rey for the next match. But. So they played a player who was ineligible to play, and once that happened, they were disqualified from yes, the rest of the tournament, the Copa del Rey, which is the Spanish, what do we call it, Spanish National Cup? Spanish Cup. Spanish Cup. Okay. So, but that said, uh, Barca and Real Madrid, and for that matter, uh, Atleti, are all still in the Champions League. Yes, we, Barcelona plays Atleti on Tuesday. So what we'd like to talk about today, by the time you hear this... Uh, the game may have been played already. You may have, right. The Classico, which is this Saturday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time, may have yeah. already been played. By the time you hear this, even the Tuesday Champions League match may have been played. But this is a preview primarily of the Classico. So, okay. Solomon, take it away. What should we be looking for? Let's start with Rionovich's tactics. Let's do. So the one thing they have to, otherwise they will get destroyed like the last Clasico, oh, where, they, where, 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 they had, where they had no midfield. They need to start Casemiro in midfield, in defensive midfield. He's their only defensive-minded player who's not actually a defender. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's not there, some people may have seen the picture of the last Clasico where there's like a good 40-yard space in the midfield where Real Madrid had nobody. It was, I don't even know the word, it was just terrible. Now, we should say that was under a previous manager. Now, Rafa Benitez. Right, Rafa Benitez. Who's doing what now? He is managing Newcastle, uh, trying to keep them from getting relegated. Right, and uh, and meanwhile, the manager of uh, Real Madrid now is the Z- famous... Zinedine Zidane. Zizi Pop, right. So uh, talk a little bit more about what Real has to do to win at in Barcelona at the Camp Nou. So like I said before, they need to start Casemiro. 
Otherwise, they have no base in midfield. MSM will just wreak havoc, run in behind the midfielders, destroy the defense. Like we could see another 5 0. Mm. Or uh, not like the famous 5 0. The last one was 4 0. Let's talk about the prolific and productive and manly Real Madrid scoring uh, arsenal. You've got obviously Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, is one of the best players in the history of the game. Be real. I know you don't like Yeah, him. I guess. You've got uh, James Rodriguez, who's a dynamic he might not young start player. Well. He's a, what, yeah, what's up with him? He's just in bad form. But mm-hmm. you've got um, Karim Benzema, who is great French striker, possibly a blackmailer, and possibly a blackmailer with his French national teammate um, uh, Mathieu Valbuena. Valbuena, young. I, I thought I was thinking of Valbuena as young because he's, he's tiny. tiny. But he's, he's not young. He's just tiny. And um, Gareth and Bale. Gareth Bale. So with talent like that. Do you is it, is it an obvious statement that Real Madrid is underachieved this year? Yeah. Also, their midfield hasn't performed. Like, yeah, they have not. They have underperformed. They should. They should. They have. It's kind of pathetic. They're not even in the running for the title. Now, let me ask you this: Pretend for a minute that you're not a Barca fan. Pretend that you're a Real fan. <laughs> I know that hurts. And you're in third place in La Liga, one point out of second. You're in the Champions League. You were disqualified from Copa del Rey for a fax <laughs> malfunction, <laughs> but you're a Real fan. So talk now, as you would then, about what this game means, how a triumph would be significant, and how it might lead to the salvaging of a, of, of a very good season even. Well, they're playing for pride. If another... But that's what you said as an... A fake objective Barca fan. Well, they are playing. The one thing is, it can give them the confidence they need to win the Champions League. That's all they have left this season. They should make it to the semis after joining Wolfsburg, Mm -hmm. eighth in Germany or around that. Wow. Yeah. But talk for a minute about what could happen on Saturday against Barca. That could, you know, how how could Real win well? In addition to, you know, the the central defense being a little beefier in addition to the scorers obviously scoring, what do you think they need to do to function better as a team? Because that seems to be, for, as little as I know about the game when I watch it, when I see Real Madrid play, especially in the first class go this season, which was... 4-0 Barca at the Bernabeu. Real and, and I have to say, we had a lot of fun that day at the uh, at the pub where we watched Smithfield Hall, where we watched with the, the New York State Pain, yeah, where we'll, we will be this weekend interviewing people. We will indeed. Don't, don't get... If you stop by, you're not a member, though, don't get your hopes up of getting in because you'll probably be kicked out. It's okay. true. Uh, the overload, fire for the, laws. For the big matches, uh, only members of the Pena can get into Smithfield with Hall. Members, but anybody guests. who wants to join can go join. Not this year, though. I think this year, registration's okay, over. Okay, but for people who live in New York City and want to join the Barca movement, where do you go online? Just go to fcbarcelonyc.com, and okay. it's very straightforward. Easy, but you can easy. come to other games there this year. Sure. But let's go back for a minute. Um, talk for me just about how you could see this game uh, resulting in a triumph or at least a draw for Real Madrid. Well, there are a few things I wrote down. One, Danny Carvalho has to start over Danilo left ba- at right back. Mm-hmm. Why? He's better. He's better attacking-wise and defensively. Neymar, like in the last Classico, will absolutely tear apart Danilo. If he gets another chance. Okay, what else? Press high, that's simple. Every That's the only way to beat Barca, really. You could sit back and counter, but Real Madrid is not a team who would do that. Mm-hmm. You have to press him high. And what are you trying to force Barca to do? Make a mistake. PK, as great as he is, and as talented he is with the ball, he, he's er- he can be error-prone. You want mm-hmm. to force plays like him. He's a little ambitious with the ball sometimes, Very. isn't he? Um, Former striker that he yeah. is. Tony Cruz, Luka Modric, both great 
midfielders, playmakers can dominate games. It's going to be tempting to have them try to dictate the tempo of the game. You cannot do that at the Compno against Busquets and yes, that just can't be done. So they have to resist that urge. Talk for a minute about the difference in Barca and Real in terms of pace. I don't mean uh, specifically what football people call about pace, about speed and so on, but about um, rhythm, I guess, of the match when they come out of the gate. So to my relatively untrained eyes, it seems that Barca, even often, even against quite lesser opponents, don't come out that hard. They try to play their game, which is passing, 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 control, control, control. Yeah. And even against lesser opponents, they often don't score in the first half or some, it's you know, true, until yeah. early in the Barcelona second half. Barcelona likes to wear down their opponents. Um, Real Madrid usually comes out of the gates faster, I'd say. Right. They score more early goals. So you could imagine a scenario here where Zidane has Real Madrid coming out of the gate, pressing as hard as they can. Pressing high defense. Tired after. Well, um, but if you go up one nil on the road, that takes away some of your tiredness, doesn't it? Yeah, but then even if it went down up one nil, this brings us to the last thing we have, we wanted to have to do, which is almost impossible, is stopping the strike force of Messi, Suarez, and Neymar, mm. which really no one can do. Persuade me you're saying this not as a fan, but as an observer of the game. What? Where's the evidence that Messi, Suarez, and Neymar are unstoppable even by a team as great as Real Madrid? Well, let's see. They've Other than the 4-0 defeat earlier uh, this I, year. I, that's what I was going to start with. But <laughs> this year and last year, they've destroyed Atletico Madrid, Arsenal, mm-hmm. PSG, mm-hmm. Roma, mm-hmm. Um, Villarreal, Sevilla, Valencia. In other words, MSN for Barcelona are, are, unstoppable. Are, are, are hard to stop, if not unstoppable. Yeah. Okay, so I love your effort at detachment. I have to say your effort was largely unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I appreciate your trying, Thank Salo. You. Um, now, let me hear you, whether detached or not, I assume it will be undetached, uh, let me hear your prediction for this match. What do you think will be the score? Who do you think will score? What kind of match will we see? Well, I also have to talk about Barcelona attackers. Oh. Do you want, what, do you want my prediction now or later? I want your prediction now, then I, then I assume that um, the Barcelona tactics will kind of feed into how you resulted in that, how you arrived you, at that prediction. No one can see me besides you, Dad, but right now I'm doing air quotes, so I think it's going to be, quote-unquote, <laughs> only 3-0 Barca. Only 3-0 Barca. So, With two from Suarez and one from Messi. Okay, and what kind of goals will they be? Not penalties. <laughs> <laughs> Suarez has been making some, cra- I mean, always has, but he makes some crazy goals. Yeah. He does things... That it's unbelievable. <laughs> that take advantage of strength in addition to agility. That yeah. are rare. so. So you see Neymar not scoring. No, but I could see him tearing apart. No PK I, goals. No. And unlike a former uh, past Clasico, no Matiu goal. He's out for two months, and okay, I'm not gonna say my opinion because some people will call me a bad fan. I would call you a bad fan. Okay. In fact, I'm gonna tell the story. This might embarrass you a little bit. No, it's okay. It's okay? You don't have to tell I me. got te- I, I shouldn't tell oh, people? Oh, you can tell them. I got texts from you yesterday. So you and I have gone back and forth on Matthew. I've always maintained that he's better than his detractors say. I thought at the beginning of last season's first few months with Barca, he was very good, but after that. And last year in the Classico at Barcelona, which you and I had the great, 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 great good fortune to attend in person. Yeah. It was a, an unbelievably yeah. wonderful event. Stressful. Uh, I almost died. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a 2-1 victory. And the goals were scored by Suarez was the second goal, but the first goal was by Matiu. Matiu. So Matiu, however, is much maligned by many Barca fans. And I tended to defend him on a couple of fronts, including the fact that, you know, he performed, often performed pretty well. But also I said, look, 
if Lucho, if the, the, the manager of Barca is going to play him and often start him, obviously he's got faith in him. So how are the fans supposed to... This bothers me about sport, I have to say. Like, you know, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, we've, we may have talked about this before. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, of which we are some, they tend to know a lot about football because a lot of people who grew up around Pittsburgh have played football from a young level up through school. And a lot of people there really, really, really understand the game. So they're often, when they critique the team, they talk about rather um, minute strategic stuff about offensive line play and how, you know, a certain guard isn't pulling fast enough, da-da-da. And it sounds to me like they certainly know what they're talking about. I'm not a football coach. I'm not a football player. I don't know. But then I think, but wait a minute. The professional coaches and players, presumably they know more than the yeah. people. So I had that same reaction with Barca fans trashing Matiu. But then what happened in Matiu's most recent performance? We had gone to Villarreal, one of the hardest stadiums in La Liga, El Madrigal. No big teams have won, have drawn there even this year besides us. They've all lost. We were up 2-0 around the 57th minute. Matiu came on, was at fault for one goal, and then can score an own goal. Mm. And so, yeah. <laughs> no, wait, back up. When you say he was at fault for one goal and scored an own goal, how disastrous were the plays? I mean— The first one, just out of position, didn't get back in time. The second one, okay. he, he was just standing there and hit him and went Right. So, he so was it's like, not, well. <laughs> oh, you guys can't see me. <laughs> no, we can't. You looked like you were kind of— like Just wandering around. Wandering around. So, um, so, anyway, here's the thing. After that rather disastrous performance, uh, it turns out that he was injured. He had been injured at some point, and that's when I got the text from you yesterday. And the text said, in all capital letters, Solomon, it said something like, great news. I said good news only. All right, good news. Matteo needs surgery. He's out, presumably for the season. (laughs) So I must say, as your father, I don't like you taking... I don't like you getting so excited well, in about Mathieu's the defense, misfortune of anyone. In Matthew's defense, how upset can he really be? He's a laughing star. No offense to him, but don't, he's not very popular with fans. He gets abused more when he's healthy, and he still gets money for just sitting there. I know, but you know. But I, still, I feel bad for him. I don't completely Here's the thing. Well, I think when you're a fan or a supporter of your team, part of what comes— Look, it's weird to be a fan of a bunch of people you don't know, right? Yeah. You don't know these guys, but you've adopted them as your kind of tribal footy family. And yeah. so to me, it's, it is kind of like family. So like if you have somebody who's underperforming, and then in addition to that, <laughs> they get hurt— you should have some empathy. I, I see what you mean. Yeah. But... Uh, so from now, I'm going to start trying to be nicer to Jeremy to you. I'm sorry, Jeremy. So now let's talk Barca tactics. Let's do. The first thing is kind of insignificant. I, I just, as a, hey, anti- nothing's insignificant. As an anti-Ronaldo person, it's just t- I take joy in seeing stuff like this. I want to see Danny Alves start, who will presumably start right back, just running at Ronaldo, taking him on like he's done before. Two years ago. Running class- at him offensively. Yeah, two years ago, that's going nutmegged him. High- one of the highlights of my life to see. Hey, let me ask you a question now that you bring this up. Yeah. When we see these scorers, uh, a Messi, a Ronaldo, whoever, obviously they have to play defense. They don't play a ton of defense always, yeah. but they get turned around. How, how, what do you know? I, I've never read anything about this. I'm guessing you have. What is their approach to or uh, feeling about, and how hard do they work at that kind of Well, Messi defense? is actually a very good tackler. You see him back kind of often. Just making a tackle and starting an attack. How much time do you think he spends in training um, playing defense? Minimal. Yeah. Only well, probably in scrimmages. Uh, what about other um, other good offensive players? Is that just the way it is? They spend very little time on defense? And if so, yeah. is that a wise use of their time or I no? I think it's 
good and it's pretty good because that's not what they're there for. They're there to attack. I know, but how do we know what the counterfactual might be? You know, someone might come along and say, you know what, as valuable as you could be, as as valuable as the very best offensive player could be for his team on defense, if he would spend 30% more, sorry, on offense, as uh, uh, if he could spend 20 or 30% more of his time in training on defense. It's like, here's the I concept. Here's It's like this. Um, in baseball, the reason that you put up with poor hitting defenders is because if you actually uh, measure the impact of defense, of defense, like a shortstop who takes away what would be base hits, if you think about it, that's basically the equivalent of getting extra hits yourself, yeah, right? So I'm curious, um, have there been frontline scores in recent footy history who have taken great pride in or worked hard at their defense? Well, I, you could count Luis Suarez even the way he presses relentlessly, but beyond that, not much. Mm-hmm. So I'm always impressed when we see Harry Kane play in person, which we've seen him play three times now, twice with Spurs and once with the England na- English national team. Yeah. He does what I consider works hard, you know, Incredibly, not, yeah. not on defense per se, but when the he keeper, the, yeah, he presses. He doesn't stop running. A play, like, like he said, or Suarez any well back to Alex Sanchez. Messi, not so much. No. Ronaldo? Neither of them need to as much, that much. They're really more wingers, so it's different. In that Fair case. enough. Uh, and then there's also the question of what they call opportunity cost, which is every 10-yard sprint I exert on defense, which probably isn't going to produce a good result. That's that much less energy I have for offense later, yeah. right? Yeah. So back to Barcelona's tactics. Yes, please. As I said, Real Madrid can't try to dictate the game with Cruz and Modric. So on the other hand, Iniesta and Busquets need to try to do that like they do every game. Just set the rhythm, pass it how they want. and that, Who is Real Madrid's best counter to the Iniesta-Busquets style of control? Be- their best, like most similar, best to stop it. Best to stop it. Casemiro. Mm-hmm. And what kind of success has Casemiro had in the past against them particularly? I don't know if he's ever really played against Barca. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you think that given Barca's strengths, given Real Madrid's mm, you know lack of ability to beat Barca, your prediction still three 0 but also just a few more Rakitic, I wanted to see be like a tough midfield destroyer, just going out tackling like he did in the last Glasgow. He can really work well that way. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is Messi. I want to see him act as a playmaker because he will be marked hard heavily, but he also still in the space to score when needed. Do you think Messi takes as much pride and or joy in being a playmaker as opposed to scoring? I think all of MSN do, yeah. And how do you think that happened? Uh, I think a lot of people look at MSN up front now at Barca and think, man, the, the fact that all three of them are individually so good, but they play so cooperatively. Yeah. How do you think that's happened? Well, I think part of it has to be they all come from similar places. They're all, they all come from poor places in South America. Um, and, like, look at BBC, Bale, Benzema, Cristiano. They, Bale grew up in a privileged place, I'd say, in Wales. He was definitely comfortable. Ronaldo grew up with nothing and alcoholic as a father. And Benzema also had nothing, but he was, like, a tough kid. He was a thug. He got in a lot of trouble. It's like they have nothing in common, really, on a personal level, uh, unlike MSN. Mm-hmm. Okay, what else do you have to say about the Classico? Okay, we're just going to run through our best and worst memories of Classico. We, on, we only have one really bad one, which is um, it's called the Placio or the applaud, Applause, I think. In 2008, Rionja just won the league, and the next game was a, was a Classico at the Bernabeu. Mm. Okay, and, Real, and, and Barca had finished how far below them? At this point, I think we were around fourth. Mm. Okay, yeah. Um, and the, lo- and the rule in La Liga, like most leagues, is when a team wins a league, the next game 
there's another game of the season, they have to be applauded onto the pitch by their opponent. So oh Barcelona boy. not only had to applaud Real Madrid onto the pitch by the Bernabeu, but they lost 4-1. to one. Now, we should say that back then you were 8 years old and weren't paying attention, correct? Not as much, no. Right. So do you actually have a sad recollection of that, or only in retrospect? I have a vague memory. But, I mean, in retrospect, do you feel bad about it? Do you of course, s- you, yeah. You, you, it, it wounds your Barca pride now, even yeah. though it happened before you were fully engaged. Yeah. Interesting. Now our best memories. Let's go to three or four. <laughs> I like how you got the one bad one out of the way. Yeah. Let's move on to the happy ones. Uh, let's quickly, the 4 nil at the Burnaby last this, this November. Just Is that your number one? These aren't in order. Why not? I don't know. Put There's, them in order. No, that's too hard. Oh, all right. So the 4 0 at the Bernabeu, then the 6 2 at the Bernabeu, mm. when Messi first became a false nine. Just, he was kind of a striker. Explain what kind, a false nine is. Kind means. of a striker, kind of winger. Just the defense, they don't know if a fullback should mark you or a center back should, and they're so confused. And what year was that? That was in the 08 09 season. So okay. In 09. Um, okay. It was a 6 2 at the Bernabeu. Uh, braces by Messi and Thierry Henry, and PK and Poyo both scored. Mm, I miss Poyo still. Yeah. Then the 2-0 in the Champions League semis at the Bernabeu. Messi scored two late goals, including the second one in the 87th minute. What season was that? Um, that was, uh, I'm blanking. I think it was the same season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Okay. Uh, it was when there were four classicals in 17 or 18 days. Mm. Um, it was, we won 2-0 off two Messi late goals in the Bernabeu after Pepe got sent off. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them was one of the best goals I've ever seen. He picked up in midfield, dribbled past the whole defense, and scored. Uh, I'm waiting for one triumphant uh, classical memory. I'm surprised I haven't heard from it's, you yet. It's going to be there. Oh, let's hear it. Not yet. Oh, okay. And Keep then going. Barcelona Keep... drew the second leg 1-1 to go to Wembley. Okay. Nice. Now, I think you're thinking of when we were there, weren't you? I think I'm thinking of when we were there. Can well, you we just are, describe that very we, briefly? We already though? talked about it. it. The atmosphere going into the comp now was amazing. This, it's a huge stadium. This How nervous were you? Very. I, I, I was keeled over my seat just like the whole time. <laughs> and um, the first goal we saw was... Jeremy Mathieu. Off a, I forget now, off a corner or a free kick? Free kick from Messi to Mathieu. Right. Uh, in the roughly, what, 20th minute, something like that? Eight, 19th about, yeah. Mm-hmm, okay. Then, however, what happened? Ronaldo equalized. And he, he equalized. And then Bale had a goal, I think, wrongly ruled off sides. Mm, and we should say that for the next, like, whatever. 20, 30 minutes. Was, I was thinking was, 40 minutes maybe it even. It was all Real Madrid. But it then was all. Suarez scored a 56-minute beautiful ball from Danny Alves. Great touch by Suarez. Put it past Casillas, and we won. But even then, that was in what? Like that's the only the 56 80th? minutes. Oh, that's it. Okay. So even then, though, you were still yeah. extreme. And then when it was over, how did you feel? Relieved, but, but but not like that jubilant. It was more like relief. Like it was like going to the doctor and they say, "We think we're gonna have to take out all your organs," and then they say, "Well, we're not gonna take out all your organs, but you're still gonna have to keep an eye on it." You were you were not like joyful. I was pretty joyful. I remember. You were pretty what? I was pretty joyful. You I think remember. it was joy? Yeah. I guess it was a, a joy tinge. That's when I started by... thinking that we're gonna win the league because for a while it looked like Madrid's gonna win it. And it ended up being a pretty good season last yeah, year. Yeah, treble. And this year, you have been saying since the beginning of the season that Barcelona we'll could win, win a treble, and now it's looking yeah. pretty viable. So we have one more section. We're going to say our best combined 11, starting 11, for the classical off this year's form. So that means that you're going to, um, okay, so I'm, I you're going to combine the I did, Real I did and Barcelona. I did incredibly well being unbiased here, honestly. Okay, I'm going to keep track so on my hands. So the goalkeeper is Kaylor Navas, Real Madrid. Oh, so Real won. I'm not sure he's better than Claudio Bravo. But? But he's been needed a lot more. Okay. He's been the man of the match, the best player a lot. Um, okay. Right back, Real Madrid again. Wow. Danny Carvajal, just because Barca's inconsistent there. With Danny Alves is having a hot and, and cold not year. The best huh? season. Yeah. I, I'm still a huge fan though. He's a great player. Okay. The center back is 
Oh, center backs are just PK Mastroianni, no okay, doubt. Okay, so two two Real, two Barca now. And the left back is actually Marcelo. I still believe Jordi Alba. I like that Marcelo. I still believe Jordi Alba is the best left back in the world, but this this season. Also, Marcelo wins the hair battle. Yeah. Also, Marcelo scores more than Jordi Alba. Also, scoring. Marcelo wins the hair battle. Okay, yeah, yeah, he does. Okay, so go ahead, three two. That so that's uh, and you got one more on the back. No, I said them all. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, so uh, wait, is it's it three two Madrid? Three two. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's right. And then the midfield, it's uh, Busquets, of course, Busquets, Iniesta, and course. Modric. Okay. So we're um, four four. Yeah. Oh. And then it's seven four. Of course. Oh. Of course, wait, I have to put MSN up front. So wait a second. Front. So you're saying that uh, all three of Barca's upfront players are better than yeah. any of Real Madrid? Well, Madrid's I think Messi is clearly a better player than Gareth Bale. Suarez definitely better than Benzema. Now here's. I actually have a whole argument plan that I'm going to make for what, for the people who say Ronaldo should be over Neymar. Would Let's you guys like to hear it? Okay. I'd love to hear it. So, Neymar is a much more of a big game player than Cristiano Ronaldo. This season, he has scored against Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Arsenal, Roma, Sevilla, Villarreal, and Ronaldo's gone scoreless against Barcelona, multiple games against Atleti and PSG, and also against Villarreal. So you're saying that even though Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo scores relatively a whole, whole, whole lot, he doesn't score that much against the top yeah. opponents. Also, a few more things. Um, Ronaldo has more goals than Neymar this season, that's true. But one of the best websites for football stats is whoscored.com, and that's what I used. Ronaldo's average rating per game is 7.99, which is incredibly high, but Neymar's is 8.54, which is actually an incredible difference. Also, Neymar's not in the main man of this team's attack. Ronaldo is. Also, um, I think we know who the manager would be of this team, right? Who would the manager be of this team? Easy. Rafa Benitez. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Solomon, um, I have to say, I enjoy your passion. Thank you. I also want to apologize to any Real Madrid fans I offended. Leading up to really the Classico. And uh, we should just say, this game, for, for those of you who are listening who are not big footy fans, or especially who are American, which I assume is a majority of our audience, the rating, the TV yeah. rating for this game, twice it, each, twice, yeah. which happens twice a year, At is least. way it's higher like, than the Super. The Super Bowl is about 140 million. I want to no, say. No, I think it's about 130 or 40 million. I think we're worldwide. We're, yes, the classical worldwide gets about 400 million. That's right, yeah. and that's and this is a regular season match, so yeah. that's how much this means to so many people around the world. All right, Salman, before we go, I want you to close your eyes. I'm going to hold the mic back a little bit, so Are you we hit don't. Me? No, 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 I'm not going to hit you. <laughs> I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to imagine that it's Saturday now, and we're in the pub with all our Peña. Yeah, I want you to actually do it. And we're in the pub with all our Barca uh, Peña friends, and it's, let's say, the 24th minute, and it's been tense, and Barca is about to score. And I want you to picture, I don't know who the first goal is. I want you to picture that. I want you to picture it. There's a problem. I can only... I'm only seeing the Bernabeu in my head, not the comp now. Okay, I'm going to give you a minute for you to get that image out. Yeah, I got the Tell comp now. You got the comp now now? I want you to envision the goal <laughs> being scored by whoever it is, and I want to hear what you, how you react. Wait, I want to move the mic away a little bit just so we don't break it. Okay. Goal! <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank Solomon, you. we're going to have fun this Saturday. I yeah. hope all of you and who watch We will have too. more interviews coming from the, from the Smithfield Hall. Signing off for Footy for Two, I'm Stephen Dubner. And I'm Solomon Dubner.